For so very long, it's been... Go on, George. Tell how it's gonna be. But in the end, the commission only said... We figured it 17 different ways. And every time we figured it, it was no good. Because no matter how we figured it... But no matter how you figure it out, I still don't get as much as anybody else. Somebody don't like the way we figured it. So now, there's only one way to figure it. And that is every man for himself. When Black Friday comes, this is the end. It's the end of the world. It's the end of the world as we know it. Or is it now? As a new year hits, through it all, Beaver Nation moves ahead with resiliency and hope. Sun's up, mm hmm. Looks okay. The world survives into another day. And the way forward goes through, as it must, The Joe Beaver Show with John Warren and Mike Parker. A number of times I heard these guys' voices over and over and over. Still can't find it. Ah, can't find it? We can help. This here is 1240. 1240. It's always been 1240. My client says it's 1240. Yeah, plus 93.7 FM and streaming live at KEJOAM.com and on the KEJO app. It's the Joe Beaver Show. A bright, sunshiny day. Petros Pathodegas at 12.05. He'll be calling the game from a remote location, probably his home. But he'll join us at 12.05. Sessions with Sarah. Bump from yesterday because of the busy day on the Whitman County front. <laughs> Sarah Elcano will join us at 12.30. So along the way, and we can patch in questions for Sarah while she's on with us. If you have any questions or comments for her about the stadium experience or anything else, she's uh, kind enough to join us today at 12.30, which means the first hour is wide open on the Joe Beaver Show. And while we were in the Jack and Jenny Wilborn media room yesterday, we took quite a few calls and emails, but it's a little more difficult when we're doing things remotely. TJ Mathewson was here in studio and then he patches calls and things in and he speaks into it, but we can't really see things. So I'm seeing the phone line, the downward dog phone line ringing right now. I can see it, George. I can see it. I can see it. And John's picking it up. And so we're hoping that if you weren't able to get in in yesterday's show, and we're hoping that there are many of you in that category, that you will call and share with us today your experience of the stadium. Just whatever you want to bring to the conversation, we'll have time to maybe get into that a little bit more in this first hour. Your experience of the stadium, your thoughts about the team, your thoughts about the legal complaint and the thumbs up on behalf of Oregon State and Washington State. If you have a uh, a, a bit of a, a mind that's bent toward being able to fully process and maybe look ahead and see, maybe you're a uh, maybe you play uh, chess, maybe you play bridge. Maybe there was a bridge tournament going on in San Jose. It was unbelievable when we in our team hotel, our team hotel in San Jose. 
we were all looking at what's going on here. There were maybe a thousand people. It looked like maybe more, you know, right in that, just taking up all the ballrooms and the different rooms at the hotel with a bridge tournament going on from people (laughs) all over the world, which I thought of the late Tommy Prothrow when that occurred, when I saw that and thought, well, this would have been, had Tommy brought a football team in there, he might've just said, fellas, you're on your own. I'm going to win this bridge tournament. You go win the football game and I'll see you back in Corvallis in a couple of days. But if you have a feel or a sense about what the ruling by Judge Leiby in Whitman County Superior Court yesterday in Pullman, it, you know, everybody's talking about how Eric McMichael made it a one-sided affair. The, the fact why, if you, there was a Zoom call that I think uh, you didn't have to be or were you, you could have joined the Zoom link somehow, some way, and Dave from Tumwater did and listened. If you have some... Thoughts about what unfolded there and what may unfold in the weeks to come. Feel free to give us a call or text us. We have open phones for the first hour. Been reading everything I can. Oh, that's me. Okay. Yeah, and and I'm just wondering, John, have you seen anything? We'll get to Dean, and we've got somebody calling us from Turner whose name we couldn't quite hear, but we'll get to Turner in a moment. But what we're wondering is, is there anything new today? I've been busy preparing for San Diego State and many other things going on in life, working on the show, talking beavers and different things. So I have not canvassed The Athletic and ESPN.com or Fox or other sources to see if there's a reaction on the national level to the ruling in Whitman County, what Pete Thamel perhaps and other Stuart Mandel and what if any of those national College football writers have weighed in and says, well, this is good news. This portends good things for the Pac-2, Oregon State and Washington State remaining in solidarity or not. I mean, did they go the other way? That this ruling doesn't really mean anything. Still a long, long and difficult road ahead. It's not likely going to, quote unquote, work out for Wazoo and OSU to share the assets two ways. It's, I don't know. But if you have some thoughts about all of the above and something else. Feel free. 497-5356. John, you started to say before the phone rang, you've been canvassing, reading anything that jumped out at you today. I know we're all, and the world should be, preoccupied with that incredible finish on Monday Night Football, but the the really sad thing that happened, four snaps in for Aaron. I know the the national conversation, as it should be, will be about that all day. We may hit on it here and there along the way. What a spectacular finish. Has any Monday night football game ever ended in its long history going back to 1970 on a walk-off punt return return for a TD? That's a good question. I say no. Not that I've I think we'd know. But anyway, Everything seems to be consistent on all the reports from what took place. Um, You know, the the bottom line is is that the other 10 wanted, wanted us to pay their way out. They wanted uh, to uh, subvert the fact, they all agree, everybody's in agreement, that USC and UCLA were told they had no more, no more voting rights from the group of 10. Then same thing with Colorado from the group of nine. And now the group of uh, eight want to, uh, want to change that. And well, were, all 12 want their votes back, and yeah. George was going to give them a seat at the table. And George was going to do it. So, and George, even the, the, uh, uh, the judge said... George, uh, he's in he, he's in Montana. In other words, the one, the the uh, the, the other groups, the defendants, if mm-hmm. you will, yeah. lawyers said something about the, uh, the the commissioner and how it would hurt him too. And the, <laughs> the judge said, 
You mean the one that's in Montana? Did he really? Something to the effect of that, yeah. pointing out, well, he's not even here. Right. And that's kind of a, a strange thing. Why, why wouldn't he even be at that that hearing? Uh, the whole thing is just a, uh, it, it, on paper, it looks clear. It's a one-sided issue in favor of the Cougars and the Beavers. And um, I guess the biggest story now, or, or something that everybody's kind of getting into, is this idea of, uh, what's the word? Uh, discovery. Yes. And that is going through... And the uh, and both sides getting uh, phone records, texts, and emails, and they don't want uh, that. That's usually when people back off and they they go to make a deal, because, a settlement. Because, yes. Yeah, because they don't they don't right. want anything embarrassing to come out. Right. But if I were the Beavers and the Cougars, and be interesting to know what our 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 listeners are thinking on this line, I say dig your heels in. You're you're up on this. Don't 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 make any kind of compromise. Because why should they get anything on the way out? Yeah. Well, moving expenses. You know, can you imagine Jonathan Smith thinking, I'm, I'm becoming the head coach at Ohio State, Scott Barnes. I want you to pay my moving expenses to Columbus. Yeah. Nah, that, I don't that think that happens happen. in, the, in the world. Let's go to Dean in North Albany, and then we'll roll up to Turner. Dean, good morning. Welcome to the Joe Beaver Show. Well, good morning. Um, thanks for taking my call, and thank you guys for everything you do for Beaver Nation. Um, pass forward. Um, Dave from Tumwater makes a great case for building a new Pac-12 that's filled with challenges you know, with recruiting perceived as you know less than Power Five status or level throughout all the other sports, not just football. And so I'm wondering, with the um, culpability on the part of um, you know Fox Sports and the Big Ten, and it's there going forward with a settlement or not a settlement, but a lawsuit first, but prior to filing this, um, make the case privately with these parties that will settle and perhaps, uh, you know, accept being included. Now that being said within that settlement, there could be a solution for all this travel because you've in essence, started building a West Coast division, mm-hmm. perhaps at San Diego State or Fresno State, and pretty soon you have enough teams where all the sports aren't traveling so much. So yes. it's good for everybody. Yes. It's, it's a solution for everyone before we go forward with the settlement. And I can't help but think that the timing and the sense of urgency is so unique because of the recruiting aspect, especially right. in football. right. And so, in essence, what I'm saying is, uh, with Dave and Tumwater, I'm, I'm about 40% with him, 45%, but I'm about 55% on this other track, and do both tracks simultaneously and give it a good hard run and exhaust it and essentially build a uh, pack of Pacific Division, mm-hmm. add a couple more teams, then we have enough meat on the bone for all the sports. Not everyone's traveling. We're back to the good old days. Mm-hmm. And um, in my opinion there's too much weight put on oh we're going to be in the power uh we'll be in the uh the mm-hmm. top 12 playoffs that's just one event a year the day in day out interest and attendance and recruiting throughout all the sports is with the bigger schools and that's where this uh for me wins it plus 50 percent i'm 55 percent in on this one 45 percent in on the other one with building a pac 12 that's it 
Dean, thank you. Uh, good stuff on the on the call. Way to get us started today. We appreciate that. If you'd like to join us in open phones throughout the hour, 497-5356. We have somebody in Turner today. John, couldn't quite hear your name. Hi, welcome to the Joe Beaver Show. Who's this? I'm, I couldn't hear you either. You're a little muffled. What's your name again, please? David. David? Okay, David. Thanks for the yeah. call. What, uh-huh. What's on your mind? Um, we were at the game uh, the other day, and uh, we took the bus in, of course. You know, they have the bus that runs in Corvallis. Yes. And, uh, anyway, uh, uh, one of the people we go with is 100% disabled, so they drop you off up there, and then we're supposed to walk down to the stadium. Well, that's not always possible for disabled people. Mm-hmm. There's no, okay, there's no way to contact. There's no one there to talk to. You know, they have these golf carts that go around, you know, and, and give you a ride. So that was a negative there. We made it down to the stadium, and I talked to a supervisor there um, for best, and she says, well, when you're ready to leave, grab one of the supervisors. They'll get you a cart and get you to go back up there. Mm-hmm. Well, on the way out, on the way out, it was so disorganized. They had one cart running. And the whole stadium that evening. And now, for disabled people coming out of that venue, 100% disabled veteran having to wait and wait and wait mm-hmm. and not getting anything done, it, it was just a very, very bad experience. Now, I will say, inside of the stadium was great. But getting down there and leaving was totally disorganized, especially for the disabled people. I mean, yeah. that's something that needs that, that's something that needs to be addressed ASAP. Absolutely, Dave. I mean, Dave, before you go, may I ask have Have you gone to games in previous seasons where that was not an issue, or was this your first time going, or what? No, we, we went in the past, but they changed the bus routes. The bus used to let you off in front of the alumni center there, okay? Mm-hmm. Now it lets you off way up, up, up on the hill there, and you just dropped off, and that's it. So, uh, which you kind of left the... When you say you know, hill, which hill, what hill are you talking about? Um, I don't know. The okay, name of the street. but it's still, it's really, uh, is it quite a bit further away than the alumni center from the stadium? Oh, yeah, yeah. I okay. mean, I wouldn't even be calling regarding this if it was, uh, you know, yeah. if a disabled person could do it. But I, I don't know if, if uh, your guest Sarah is in charge yeah. of that. Well, I don't know if, if she's she in charge make... of it, but she'll certainly want to be made aware of it if she hasn't already, and we will talk to her about this. Okay. I mean, the other thing is, is we kind of feel it's, it's, uh, it's an ADA compliance violation. I mean, when they have no one there that you can even talk to about getting a cart ride. And uh, I will say this, uh, we filed a complaint with the OSU compliance officer mm-hmm. because uh, that that's just mainly to get it corrected. Okay? Yes. Because yes. Uh, we're season ticket holders. We plan on being there for the rest of the games. And I think, you know, uh, it should be addressed. Yeah, absolutely. You know? And we will talk about it with yeah. Sarah. Dave, thank you for making that us aware All of that. Right. And we'll uh, we'll pass it on to the powers that be, and hope that indeed it does get corrected. Thank you, sir, for the call. Well, really appreciate it. Thank okay. you. Thank you, Dave. Uh, let's go to Andy in Mitchell. John has made a note of that to make sure we 
talk to Sarah about that. Sarah Elcano will join us at 1230 in a session with Sarah. Petros Papadakis at 1205. Petros will be joining us. He's one of the broadcasters on the FS1 call this Saturday afternoon at Reser at 1230. By the way, about 88 degrees on Saturday, right, John? Yeah, I don't. I, a part of me, I don't know what uniform combination we have, but I hope I hope not that, black. I hope it's not black. I mean, I'm just saying. I don't want uh, Eastern Washington. One time in life was enough. <laughs> that's of course no, yeah. nobody listen. I mean, that that's just no. my thought. It, it, I, I'm sure in the long else. run it doesn't matter. Uh, let's go to Andy on the Joe Beaver Show. Andy, good morning. Morning, Mike and John. Just wanted to call in. Yeah, I got a, got a few thoughts. First two will be around Reister and the game day experience. Wanted to get that in since you guys were asking for it and didn't have a chance yesterday. So um, I just got to say off the top, like overall, incredible. Um, things that stick out would be atmosphere and sight lines on the news side are, I don't even want to say as advertised. I'd say better than advertised. Mm, it was great. so awesome. We didn't, um, I took my family to this game, so I got two little ones. Um and we didn't even go to our, our section the whole time. We were just on the on the concourse and just taking it in. And the, and the view was phenomenal. Felt like we were right on top of the action. It's great. Um, so a a plus um, to everybody involved in that project. It's, it's just so awesome to see um, what they did with it and how it turned out. Uh, you know, of course, there's some kinks and things to work out with. You know, like people have mentioned concessions and. Um, a little bit of a traffic jam there on Beaver Street, which <laughs> I'm kind of with you, Mike. I think it, I think it might level out over time, but at the same time, I mean, it is a really cool space, so I, I think it's going to be coveted by folks. Yes. But it might might thin out and, and die down a little bit. But I, I just want to I want to keep a positive tone just right off the bat. Of I think it was fantastic, and it is just so cool that you can um, you know take in the game in, in many different areas mm-hmm. throughout. You can even move around and never lose the uh, phenomenal view that you get. So that was right off the top. Um, we went to the family zone. I wish that to me was a little bit lacking. If you're taking kids, uh, like I said, I got two young ones. The oldest is 20 months. She was there on a visit for uh, coach Ruick has already offered her. So she was there um, visiting, but uh, hmm. she, she was entertained by the family zone for all of about 10 minutes. They had some coloring books and, a giant connect four, but I didn't really see much other than that. So that would be my one, maybe, maybe some improvements. Oh, and for the parents, let's get a TV in the, in the family zone. Let's okay. get a TV with the broadcast. Cause got to look out for the fellow parents there. Okay. Okay. We're making notes and we'll pass it along Andy, to Sarah. Awesome. Awesome. And then, um, along with the same, it's just a quick question. And again, maybe we can ask Sarah about this, but, um, switched up the visiting locker room. You know, they don't have to come from the bowels of mm-hmm. Reeser anymore, which, okay, I, I'll concede there. But I had, I didn't actually make it down to that end, but I had some sources, some friends tell me that it appeared that it was like roped off, like the concourse area above the tunnel. And I, I just want to make sure that Beaver Nation has a chance to just send some encouragement to opposing <laughs> coaches when they come down the tunnel. So um, I didn't know if that was maybe something that, would be uh, more accessible to the public. He seen, he said it was kind of like a VIP area, it mm. like mm-hmm. um, above there. But I just want to make sure we have a chance to um, encourage and, and greet the visiting teams coming into Racer. Yeah, uh, that's the tone that we all have here in 2023. We want to thank them for all their years of 
of bringing us great entertainment. Yeah, so I got you. I appreciate yes. your uh, your genteel qualities in wanting to welcome people here. So I, I don't know yes. about that. I, I guess we could ask Sarah, frame it in a certain yeah. way to wonder, you know, uh, whether there is any opportunity for you to do your nice greetings. Good, good. And then finally, I'll leave you guys with this since you're talking to Petros in the next hour. Um, our good friend Nick always asks the first question to Shell tweeted out that they will again be doing a remote broadcast and double dipping um, our game and then producing the Fresno State ASU game um, later that night. So, Mike, maybe you can um, tell Petros what the stadium is like since yes. he again won't be won't be visiting in person. I know he loves fielding that question, too, if people wouldn't ask <laughs> if he's going to come in person. Hey, so are you saying that Alex and Petros are doing a double header Saturday? That is what Nick Dashel just put on okay. Twitter, that they're going to do our game at 1230 in Fresno ASU wow. at 730. What a, what a life for Petros in the non-travel era with Fox Sports. <laughs> they have enough money to, right. to throw to bring in schools from the Pacific Northwest, but apparently not enough to send Petros on a plane somewhere. Or, you know, yeah, maybe, that would just sink the yeah, budget. Interesting. Thanks a lot for the call and the and the good stuff, Andy. We appreciate it. Let's go to... Paul, before we take our first break, we're in open phones and texts, 497-5356. A really big shoe, as uh, the late, great Ed Sullivan would say, really big show tomorrow, which we'll tell you about here in a moment. We're going to be in Portland with a lot of special guests. NoHo's Hawaiian Cafe, 4627 Northeast Fremont, tomorrow with the Joe Beaver Show in the big city on remote, and we'll tell you more about that. We've got a road show Friday. And we look forward to seeing uh, many of you participate with us at the Albany Habitat Restore with tickets to give away. We did that last year just ahead of the USC game. The Albany Habitat for Humanity Restore next to the Albany Skate Park and across the street from Eleanor Hackleman Park Friday from 11 to 1. Paul, good morning. Welcome to the Joe Beaver Show. Uh, good morning, Mike. Was that Andy from Turner? Is that what his name was? Andy from Mitchell. It was Dave from Turner. Dave from Turner. Uh, there is a there is a solution to his problem. You know, Dial-A-Bus runs a free shuttle from 26th and Orchard, and they have a wheelchair lift on that van. And all he has to do is to come down, say, 29th Street, and then take uh, Arnold to 28th. 7th Street, right? Take a right, and it dead ends at Orchard, and take a left and just turn into the parking lot. That parking lot's not even controlled anymore. It's like they don't sell that for tailgaters anymore. And there's there's uh, handicapped parking in there, and the bus leaves right there and goes right to Gate G, right between the uh, the old uh, uh, you know the south end zone and the new sta- and the new stadium. Hmm. Okay, well. That, that does sound like a potential solution. It sounds as though yeah, things are a little bit different, at least in the first experience for Dave this year. And you know whether he's aware of what you just talked about, we'll talk to Sarah about all of this when she joins us later. Well, yeah, this dialogue bus has been doing this for years. I okay. mean, they just they used to do two buses there, but now it's just one. But, yeah, they... And, of course, they made everything one way and the wrong way, so now they have to go around Robin Hood's barn just to get to, they have to go clear over the 30th to get down to Western to come into the parking lot that way. I got gotcha. you. Okay. Anything else, Paul? Yeah. Well, that's a good solution. Yeah, hey, I was happy with the with the, the outcome yesterday, but 
come on, really, a, a judge in Colfax, Washington, is not going to go against Washington State in Oregon State. I mean, let's, let's just let's just face it. But uh, I don't believe that the other eight teams have a leg to stand on. And I'm finally glad you guys got it down to eight because USC and UCLA aren't even, or USC and UCLA aren't even in the picture. Well, no, except that. George had apparently invited them back to this board meeting Wednesday that yeah. now has, uh, they may meet, but they're not going to discuss any of the issues that are pertinent to Washington State and Oregon State with, resco- with respect to assets. So it's still the Pac-12 as we sit here today. The Pac-12 conference has eight ranked teams, and we're in a Pac-12 season. So eight, nine, ten, however you talk about it, we're the Pac-12 for right now. Right, right, right. Okay, yeah, I, yeah. I can understand that, but uh, for voting rights, it's uh, like the Pac-10 for voting, I think. Well, it should be the Pac-2 for voting, yeah. but that's, that's kind of what's at stake. Paul, good to talk to you. We need to take a break. Dave from Tumwater is up next. Alan Thayer was kind enough to join us yesterday. I conversed with him again today. He talked about the preliminary injunction now coming next in a few weeks and the this discovery phase, and we may get him back on before the week is out as he ponders what that could all mean and what could discovery could mean and what, why the other side may not want a whole lot of discovery going on and may then thus propose a possible settlement or maybe somehow, some way, the Big 12 is cajoled and saying, okay, uh, we don't need all this. The college, what you know, we don't want all of this and maybe uh, the appearance of collusion and, you know, antitrust activity, whatever else, we'll invite the other two, and it's and then the Pac-12 is gone. I just thought of something. Yeah. What if the two conferences, the Big 12 <laughs> and the Big 10, don't want all of this and tell the teams they've invited, you stay where you are, we don't want you anymore. <laughs> we rescind it? Yeah, Let's because just keep... they don't want the hassle well, that could bleed into their conference yeah. with more lawsuits. In fact, there was I know. A, I know this does. I don't know if this is connected, but there was another issue that I read about that could crop up, and that is a Title IX thing. And it's not about women's sports. It's about all collegiate athletes and their safety. Yeah. And then that pertains to the travel. Alan talked about that with us yesterday. Yeah, I don't know yeah. if that's what you're, if you saw yes, something else in I did, addition to it. Same thing, okay. Yeah. Let's take a break. We've got uh, more uh, open phones and texts 497 5356. We'll tell you about where we're going to be tomorrow and hope that if you're in the neighborhood up there and listening, Bill Chisholm, I'm talking to you. Come join us. We've got a big show tomorrow in Northeast Portland at NoHo's Hawaiian Cafe on the Joe Beaver Show on Joe Radio. Unified Insurance Group is your local independent insurance agency in Corvallis, and they represent numerous insurance companies. If you're looking for auto, home, or business insurance, see Mike Eaves. Taylor Starr, Tom Worth, or Chad Sherwood. They'll help you find an insurance plan that works best for you. Call or stop by at 320 Southwest 3rd Street in downtown Corvallis. Unified Insurance Group, your hometown team, always putting you first. The Hardwood Center has decades of experience in providing specialty hardwood products and services to local woodworkers, contractors, and homeowners. Featuring many species of hardwood lumber, plywood, and locally milled slabs, a wide selection of hardwood flooring, and more. The Hardwood Center's expert staff will help you select the best products for your project. Stop by or call the Hardwood Center on Highway 34 between Albany and Corvallis. The Mid-Valley's one-stop shop for fine hardwood products. Online at thehardwoodcenter.com. Go Beeves! 
At Albin's Plumbing, we're boring. Hi, I'm Katie Albin, and I want everyone to know that at Albin's Plumbing, we're boring. Directional boring, to be exact. So if you need to run a pipe underground, under a driveway, or under a sidewalk, and you don't want to destroy your yard in the process, the boring people at Albin's Plumbing can help you with your directional boring. Just give us a call. At Albin's Plumbing, plumbing's all we do. Call 754-8282, Albin's Plumbing. Stargazer Premier Florist in Corvallis knows that a meaningful gift can brighten someone's day and have them feel appreciated, whatever the occasion is. Choose from Stargazer Premier Florist's wide selection of fresh floral arrangements, bountiful bouquets, gift baskets, and houseplants, always delivered fresh with a focus on keeping families and friends connected. Stop in, call, or view Stargazer's Premier Selection online at StargazerPremierFlorist.com. Stargazer Premier Florist, 925 Northwest Circle Boulevard in Corvallis. The outside to the left, and Johnson! Touchdown, Beaver! Hey, Beaver fans, are you ready to tackle your financial game plan? If so, it's time to huddle up with the best and meet the coaching staff at Tax Wealth Management, David Mendenhall, Bill Heck, and Robert Berry. With over 45 years of experience, they know the entire playbook when it comes to tax planning, retirement, and business strategies. So don't fumble. Call Tax Wealth Management Corvallis at 757-4185 or visit taxwealthmanagement.com. There's a lot of power plays going on this year in college football, but there's still a lot of power here in the Willamette Valley. A power Honda off the Sandy MX at Albany, they have their new hybrid Accords and CRVs waiting for you to test drive, as well as their new pilots, HRV and Ridgeline trucks. And with over a thousand pre-owned vehicles at mypowerhonda.com, Power Honda in Albany can offer you the real power plays to help you drive. Dave and Tumwater coming up. Open phones and text. Petros Papadakis at 12.05. Sarah Elcano, a session with Sarah coming up at 12.30. Tomorrow, we are taking her north. NoHo's Hawaiian Cafe. NoHo Marchesi is the proprietor. He's the brother of the longtime local boys proprietor here in Corvallis, and he's spun off and took the act north to Portland, where he's been since 1991. Nohos is at 4627 Northeast Fremont. And it's not as though you hear Nohos advertisements on the Joe Beaver show, and thus we're taking a road show there. That's not exactly it, although a lot of love will go Nohos way because they are hosting us. But it has been the site for, I think they meet once a, a season. In the, the, the summer, the fall, the winter, the spring, maybe a little bit more often than that. They being the Oregon Sports Writers and Sportscasters Association, which for decades I never was able to attend. Maybe one time in the 80s when I was with the Portland Beavers. But this was an event uh, that went on for decades. It went away. Hmm. And then Greg Crawford and John Spolstra and others helped to revive it. And they've been doing this now, I think, for about 15 years at wow. NoHo's. 10 to 15 years at least. And Greg, our good friend, he'll join us tomorrow. He's kind of brokered the deal with NoHo's. We have the proper connections from an equipment standpoint. We'll be there from 11 to 1. One of the greatest sports executives of all time. Oh, yeah. John Spolstra will join us tomorrow. And Greg told me, and he'll join us right out of the gate to sort of welcome us in and give us a lay of the land tomorrow. But John's loaded for bear with respect to this whole 
Pac-12 disintegration and where it's going, and he's he's all he's on the side of the angels with the Pac-2 and Oregon State and Washington State. So John will join us tomorrow, as will former Major League umpire, retired now, Dale Scott, former Portland State legendary baseball coach, Dale Murphy's coach, Ryan Dunn's grandfather, Jack Dunn, 94 Mm. years of age and going strong. Steve Walker will be there from the LSAA. We'll get an update on various things from him. Rich Burke, Ron Quant may indeed be there, the longtime videographer, Norm Maves Jr., and perhaps some other special guests we don't know about yet will come because uh, it's been an off and on thing. And Greg says sometimes 15 or 20 people show up. He's been RSVP, and I think over 50 members of this wow. are going to show. And they just have an informal luncheon. They sit around and talk and debate, maybe a guest speaker occasionally. But we're going to be kind of in an anteroom tomorrow from where they're conducting their business. They're the board of governors. There's really only two, John Spolster and Greg Crawford. The rest <laughs> think they have a vote. They don't. No. <laughs> right, but right, right. we'll be there from 11 to 1, and we'll just kind of be channeling people. Greg's going to get. John Spolstra, then Jack Dunn, the legendary baseball coach, then Dale Scott, and we'll have a great time tomorrow yeah. between 11 and 1 at NoHo's. And if you're out and about and if you're listening to our live stream, KEJOAM.com via the KEJO app or whatever the case, you hear the podcast later, you live in Portland, come join us. The place opens at 11. Our show starts at 11. It's NoHo's Hawaiian Cafe, 4627 northeast fremont northeast portland and then again friday we'll be at uh, the albany habitat restore with tickets to give away free uh, pizza chips beverages we'll have a hopper for tickets we'll have gift uh, restore gift certificates to give away and we'll be there uh, on friday from 11 to 1 in the meantime today open phones 497 5356 the Downward Dog phone line, or the University Honda text line. I enjoy and have through the years the contributions, insights, opinions, uh, even if I don't always agree on all of the opinions expressed over the years, it's always a pleasure to visit with our friend Dave from Tumwater on the Joe Beaver Show. Dave, good morning. Welcome to the program. I bet you got a lot on your mind. Thanks for joining us. Yes, uh, good morning, gentlemen. Um, well, Dean would be glad to know that I'm beginning to move in his direction, and I disagree with Paul's take about the venue and the judge for reasons that my brief remarks here, I hope, will make clear. Um, the judge, <laughs> I loved the judge yesterday, and he kind of had that, sm- that small-town folksiness, but he's as smart as a fox, because one of his subtext guys, was he repeatedly complimented the attorneys on both sides regarding their promptness and their attention, their, their, their alacrity with which they responded. And that's laying the groundwork for an expedited discovery, which will make, will make all this much clearer sooner. And uh, I think that's, and if, if the conference and the other 10 start dragging their feet, the judge has clearly telegraphed if you can do it on September 11th, you can do it on October 8th or whatever the mm-hmm. date is. So we're going to learn a lot quickly. And uh, as you guys typified with your earlier comments, it's all about the, the 
uh, preliminary injunction and the discovery that that leads to that. And as I think we all sense intuitively, just because human nature being the way it is and our day-to-day understanding of how people get into legal trouble, it's entirely likely, as, as came out of the hearing yesterday, there's some likely to be some very damaging communications, not merely by some of the so-called partner schools, but with the networks and the other mm-hmm. conferences mm-hmm. more particularly. Mm-hmm. So I think the judge has laid the groundwork for not only expedited discovery, but expedited settlement. So the question now then comes to Dean's proposition. What do Oregon State and Washington State, with the leverage they have, what do they exact? in terms of a settlement. It, it seems clear that the networks, the other conferences, the 10 schools thought Oregon State, Washington State are going to quietly go to the Mountain West. We'll divide the assets up 12. Everything will go on as it is. However, the stage has set, has been set for an act. As I texted you guys separately, Washington State and Oregon State have found themselves in the nexus of one of the most important sports stories, and developments in history. Mm-hmm. Mike and John, as you know, only baseball has an exemption from antitrust regulation, famously so. Yes. College football does not. And it's, it's likely, I'm certainly hoping at this point, that in discovery it will become clear that the networks, the conferences, and the departing 10 engaged in restraint of trade to the damage of Oregon State and Washington State University. And in order to, and rather than risk the whole edifice, and I am, I am talking about all of college football, the whole entire structure, Oregon State and Washington State, with a, with a vigorous pursuit of antitrust litigation, could blow the This will be akin to the Oklahoma case with television in the 1980s. This case has that kind of potential. Mm-hmm. So therefore, what do Oregon State and Washington State exact in terms of a settlement to go for? Now, I stand by what I said. I don't want any part of the Big 12. I don't want to be the, tw- the 19th and 20th teams in that conference. Mm-hmm. We have two choices. We say to the conferences and the networks, either you take us into the Big 10 with our regional partners, Washington State, I'm sorry, University of Washington or the University of Oregon, or you guarantee the the, the ensuing conference, the, 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 the PAC-12 successor under Gloria Navarez's leadership. You guarantee that that conference maintains PAC Power yes. 5 status and that its conference champion is automatically a member of the college football playoff. Now, Going to use Dean's metaphor, and I'll just wrap up mm-hmm. with this. I'm now 50-50 on that. Because imagine going to the Big Ten Conference, and I was able to hear the uh, fellow you had on yesterday, mm-hmm. and I heard him say in another venue, imagine stipulating to the networks, the conferences, the 10 schools, and the entire Big Ten, we'll go into the Big Ten 
but we want a full share. How <laughs> sweet would that be? That Oregon State and Washington get full shares in the Big yeah. Ten, while the University of Oregon <laughs> and the University of Washington, who sold their heritage for a mess of pottage, Mike, yeah. you know what yeah, I'm referring I to. definitely who do. Who sold their heritage for a mess of pottage, they end up getting half of what Oregon State and Washington <laughs> State because of the and just monumental antitrust leverage. No one has ever contested this. Yeah. The, 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 the restraint of trade. The schools, the schools we love, the ones in Pullman and Corvallis, they have tremendous leverage incipiently in this situation. I hope they maximize it. I could go either way. The health of the student athlete that John was talking about with a reconstituted Pac-12 or Pacific Coast Conference, but only if they leverage the college football playoff powers that be, that that conference does not get relegated to the group of five. They're at the table under Gloria Navarro's leadership, and we go from there. That's all I got for today. I hope Dave, it's, it's very good, but let me ask you one follow to, to all of that. You talk about the Big Ten and, and leveraging. You, suddenly now, the, the two left, you feel, are, have hand. You feel as though Oregon State and Washington State through this process are going to end up having hand, having leverage. That, that's, that's an amazing sort of turnabout in the thinking when people, you know, we've talked about all the sadness and the lamentation and all of that. I hope that how you're thinking and the direction you're thinking this could possibly go. I hope you're right. I, I may not be quite as sanguine about you about having, in the end, that kind of leverage. I hope you're right, though. But let's just say... If it does go the, you maintain your seat as a Power 5 school at the table with full access to the playoff, that's another option from just you know being invited in by the Big Ten and having the West Division and all of that. I get it, with the L.A. schools and, and the Pacific Northwest schools. Okay, that's one. But if, you, if, if the other option, Gloria Navarro's is the, the leader of the new PAC West or whatever it is, the PAC, the Pacific Athletic Conference, let's say, for argument's sake. Does that also, can you leverage that into a better television contract? Because still, the, the, the rub is, with respect to what the Pac-12 television revenues are and what Mountain, there's a 20 to $25 million gap in those. So do, do they have enough leverage if they maintain a Pacific Coast sort of conference with Mountain West schools? And, and Power Five is nice to have. But the money's also it may be more important to have in order to be able to pay your coaches and and be able to have enough uh, to to continue to function at a power five level. The money, not just the title, the status. So what do you what do you make of that question? Well, you've taken my scenarios to another level, Mike, and my compliments because that would be the ultimate kicker. Not only do you maintain power five status, but you as a part of the settlement some combination of Fox and Disney agreed to a, a conference uh, 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 media rights that, that, that keeps the schools at par. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, uh, so, uh, but all of them, Mike, is predicated, it goes back to the savvy county judge, expedited discovery, and the premise, the intuition I have, and I suspect you and John shared, there is going to be damaging material in discovery. Not only the 10 that left, not only uh, the, conf- the commissioner's office, but the, the conferences and the other conferences, the Big 12 and the Big 10, and most importantly, the networks, because that's where the money is. It's in Disney's pockets, 
It's in Fox's pocket. And if it's as damaging as we all sense it might be, how much is it worth it to yes. that coterie of interest? Yes. To make this problem go away, mm-hmm. take care of Oregon State and Washington State by putting them in the Big Ten with full voting rights and, and access allotment, mm-hmm. double what the University of Oregon and the University <laughs> of Washington have, or fully re-empowered Pacific Coast Conference with the automatic, with Power 5 status and a media contract to boot. I could, to go back to Dean where I started, I could go either way at this point. Okay. Well, I like the options both. We'll see if, if those end up perhaps coming down the line. I, I like your thinking, Dave. As always, we appreciate your call. Keep us, uh, keep us rolling here as uh, more ideas and thoughts occur and, and uh, whatever Russo, Mad Dog, when you finally get through to him, has to say about it. The antitrust thing, I'm sure, will pique his interest if you bring that up. Because I, I asked Alan Thayer, didn't I? I think I did. Was he ever aware of a restraint uh, clause being? Fi- I, I don't think it, it had. That hasn't happened in college football ever, has it, Dave? Anti- it has not, Mike. Okay. And that's the threat to the powers that right. be. Right. No one has ever had an incentive to pursue that recourse. But now we know two have, and there's a judge over in Colfax, Washington who looks like he's ready to tip the whole thing <laughs> sideways. Okay, but thank you, Dave. Good talking to you. Let's take our final break this hour. Yeah, it's interesting. I'm still here, yeah. by the way. I've been yeah. writing down questions for, for Sarah. Sarah. Sarah's joining us internet. at 1230, by the way. Yeah, from the Internet, so I don't yeah. have to fumble around. Um, yeah, just based half listening to you guys and, and reading some mm-hmm. of these texts and listening to other phone calls, a lot of other things, more damaging things, could come out of this smaller lawsuit. You know what I mean? Down the line that were maybe not intended. Whereas, in fact, we got one question off the, uh, the text line that said, can, cannot other schools, leagues, or entities also enter into this lawsuit? Like, well, I don't know. But they're, they're, you know how lawyers are and how smart people are. You can go, you know, we're not thinking about this. And mm-hmm. that was the one yeah, thing about right. the uh, Title IX issue mm-hmm. of all student athletes and their safety. Cause that's part of the wording of title nine. It's not just about even gender issues. Gender issues. Yeah. It's, mm-hmm. it's also this whole thing about that. Uh, you, you need to be watching out for the student athletes safety and, and all that travel may come into play. So Dave just, he's suddenly thinking that, you know, we're, we're in control now. Washington <laughs> state and Oregon state based on the judge yeah. and just how yeah. this is leaning and the direction and the language you know, the fretting may be going on in various offices around the 10, the treacherous 10, as Alan Thayer calls them, the network executives at Fox and ESPN. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, you might have someone in the SEC telling, <laughs> telling, calling their buddies up going, uh, this whole house of cards could fall. Yeah. I mean, we think we're in the clear because we're not a part of this whole thing, but actually it could. Yeah spawn so, some other deal it's interesting is it not i mean dave's thinking is just completely uh and i mean it's a, a polar opposite of how we felt on august 4th and mm-hmm. oh my gosh left behind and what are we going to do yeah but if you have a counter to dave and all of this sudden sense of leverage feel free to share it with us 497-5356 we take a break on 1240 joe radio 
If you need a new roof, see Stutzman and Krupp Contractors, voted by readers of the Albany Democrat Herald as the best roofer in the Valley in 2021 and 2022. Hi, this is Doug Blair. When Stutzman and Krupp did my roof a few years ago, what I really liked is they had a large team of roofers, so they got in and got it done. And did it in just one day. It was great, and there's financing available too. Callers stop by their showroom on Rice Street in Albany. Stutzman and Krupp Contractors, they do it right. CCB 96278. Built upon a solid foundation of cast iron and steel, the Kubota L2501 tractor is part of a tractor lineup rated number one in durability and owner experience. And it's on display now at Lynn Benton Tractor in Tangent. The L2501 tractor features a Kubota diesel engine and is easy to operate. See Lynn Benton Tractor today. Go to KubotaUSA.com for a full disclaimer. Lynn Benton Tractor, we're still doing business the American way. The fall means it's time for Oregon State football, a new season and hopefully a bowl game at the end of the year. It's also a good time to look at that home remodeling project. If you need new carpet, countertops, luxury vinyl, or window coverings, see the staff at Corvallis Floor Covering. They've been coaching Beaver fans and helping you get it done for over 30 years. Stop by and see their showroom full of all the popular brands that you know, love, and gotta have. They're on the corner of 2nd and Van Buren downtown or log on to CorvallisFloorCovering.com. Shop local, shop Corvallis Floor Covering, and go Beavs! 1240 Joe Radio and 93.7 FM is your Mid-Valley home for high school football. Join us Friday for week three of the 2023 high school football season as Corvallis hosts Crescent Valley in the Corvallis Confrontation. Pre-game starts at 6.30 with kickoff at 7. High school football on 1240 Joe Radio is brought to you by Evergreen Indian Restaurant, Burst Chocolates, Benson's Interiors, and by your local Les Schwab Tire Centers. Tune into high school football all season long right here on 1240 Joe Radio, 93.7 FM. FM and KEJOAM.com. We continue on the Joe Beaver Show. Mike Parker, John Warren, Petros coming up at 12.05. A session with Sarah, which I think is going to be a fast and furious one, to coin a phrase. I've not seen any of those films. Have you ever seen any not Fast a and Furious? Minute of one Nor of have I, but somebody I once met with a great Beaver fan, Tony Bland. Tony was dating somebody, came to games in L.A., and I remember thinking, yeah, she looks like she should be in the movies. And I said to Tony, Tony, nice to meet you. Who's your friend here? And he introduced her, and she's in Fast and Furious 5 or 6 or whatever it is. Wow. Oh, wow. Wow. You know, I, I, I kind of gave it the, oh, yeah, I'll look for you, but I've never seen it. Never seen a moment of any. No. But I think it'll be Fast and Furious with Sarah. We'll I think go. it will be, too. Uh, Curtis writes in at the end of the one phone call you had and said, I had a great time at the stadium. Um, listened to you in one ear and enjoy the game atmosphere in the other. Unfortunately, I cannot see a member. Curtis is blind. Yes. He says, uh, but it was still outstanding time. He said, I am 100% disabled and had a different experience. I had a great experience on Saturday. He said, I also use the parking there in the garage. Not sure what the issue is. Okay. We'll ask Sarah if she's heard anything else about this, uh, because we had an, a caller, Dave from Turner, who, whose experience was not apparently what he had hoped and different than what has it has been in the past. And he said he's, you know, he filed a complaint, hoping that it'll get fixed. I could tell he's not an angry, you know, he just wants to make sure that the experience will be improved or better Yeah, uh, going forward. Let's go to uh, Dave on the Downward Dog phone line. Good morning, Dave. Ooh, we're getting a lot of Daves, aren't we? A lot <laughs> we're going to have to start going by middle names. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 
listening to, uh, to Dave, and, and I, I know I called him last week and kind of went down that whole road. I was really happy listening to uh, the attorney yesterday because he, uh, he kind of laid out a, a bunch of the things that I kind of thought, well, maybe. And, uh, and I think, I think he's right. The Beavers ultimately want, want some kind of settlement, right? They don't necessarily want to see this thing all the way to the end. What's and and in reality, is twenty one million enough to pay your coaches for a year or two? Yeah, but it it's not it's not going to that can't be the end game anyway, right? But you know, and then the, you know back to four and a half million dollars a year in the Mountain West. So there's got to be something beyond that. And and maybe this gives us time to, to mm-hmm. strategize that and figure that out. Mm-hmm. Um, what I'd hate to see happen is for one of these other conferences to say, ah, oh, let's step up and go ahead and make them an offer. And we end up somewhere where we didn't want to be in the first place, meaning, you know, doing all the traveling to the East Coast and, and the middle of the country and everything else. Um, I, I think what's probably more surprising than anything is that, that the 11, 10 other schools I mean, they were willing to open this, take a chance and open this up for discovery and have all this embarrassing stuff come up for what amounts to what, three and a half million dollars each? Yeah, you know? not, not I mean, smart. That, that's what they traded. They traded three and a half million dollars, a chance at three and a half million dollars to have this thing blown wide open and have a lot of embarrassing things come out and, and, and potential, you know, 100 year relationships with, with each other ruined mm-hmm. over mm-hmm. something like this. And that, that's, that to me is ludicrous. I'd be, I think, you know, hey, you know what? For three and a half million dollars, let those two schools split it, and we'll cut ties, and and yeah. we can't have this stuff made public. So yeah, and it may end up moving down that that road anyway, because of what you just said, Dave. Good stuff on the. Thank you for the call. We appreciate it. We're coming I, I, down. I would to have the, to say for for the first time, I think I disagree with Dave's opening assertion that OSU would want a settlement. I, I can't speak for. Oregon State and Washington State, but I don't think they want a settlement. I think they want to fight. You take this to the hilt. Yeah, you're going to take it all yeah. the way. Uh, uh, maybe not. Somebody said it's going to end up in the Supreme Court, where which has ruled on antitrust legislation, always uh, giving baseball baseball yeah an exemption from it, but no other sport. Baseball, as Dave said, famously, notoriously, has been exempt from antitrust legislation. Baseball right. because it's a sport and not a business. Well, I would I would think. That maybe maybe Oregon State, uh, I know Oregon State wants one thing, and that is not to lose what's left because that's all they have. So right. that's what the whole point of the case is: is yeah, to well, not lose what they have, which is Power Five, a uh, Group of Five autonomy status with the requisite television contract right. money and all. And In it, other words, keep operating as as they've as operated is. forever. Essentially, and, and they don't want to share money with the teams that are turning their back on them. They don't want to share that right. money. It's it's the Beavers and Cougars money and the Beavers and Cougars conference. Right. But as Dave's point there, our last Dave, Dr. Seuss wrote a story, and when he wrote it, it was titled Too Many Daves. Not Too Many Johns, Too Many Mikes, Too Many Bills, Too Many Toms. Too Many Daves was Dr. Seuss's story. See, I would that have I read harder as a child. if I had known that. Too Many Daves. But it's a good story. A very good story by Seuss. But... As Dave is saying, you may get the, let's just say you get the lion's share of that pot and those assets, but that's not, that doesn't cover the long-term situation you're in. Petros next. Here's the microphone. Is this thing on? This is KEJO Corvallis. Everybody hear me? We're on in five. And QID. 1240 Joe Radio. This is a Bloomberg Money Minute. 
Apple today introducing the new iPhone 15 and 15 Plus, which will have enhanced cameras, stronger processors, come in new colors, black, light blue, and yellow, as well as an updated Apple Watch unveil today. Now, investors don't seem all that impressed. Shares of Apple right now are down about 1.5%, while elsewhere on Wall Street, stocks are mixed, trying to battle back from earlier losses ahead of a report tomorrow on consumer inflation. Right now, the Dow's still positive, up about one-eighth of a percent. The NASDAQ is down three-quarters percent. The S&P 500 down by a third of a percent. Walmart's chief executive is now predicting a, quote, pretty good holiday shopping season, saying U.S. consumers are holding up better than the retailer anticipated at the beginning of this year. And Coca-Cola now out with Coca-Cola Y3000, which it says is the first flavor co-created with humans and artificial intelligence. Supposed to give a hint to what the year 3000 will taste like. Tom Busby, Bloomberg Radio. Why is Woodstock's Pizza all kinds of pizza for all kinds of people? Because no matter who you are or where you're from, you can create the perfect pizza at Woodstock's. So you can choose from over 35 fresh toppings, four made fresh daily crust options, several cheese options, including vegan and dairy-free, and six sauce options, including vegan and dairy-free, all to go along with your choice of dine-in, takeout, or delivery to most of Corvallis. So Woodstock's Pizza is all kinds of pizza for all kinds of people. Woodstock's Pizza, Kings Boulevard in Corvallis. If you're ready to get out of the house and do something fun this fall, join a fall league at Highland Bowl. Get a group of friends together and reserve your spot. A fall league is fun. It's good exercise. It's inexpensive and it's perfect for beginners. And with 13 different leagues to choose from each week, you're sure to find something just right. For more info, call or stop by Highland Bowl on 9th Street in Corvallis or log on to highlandbowl.com. We set them up. You knock them down. Be a winner and have a wiener at Benchwarmer's Bar and Grill. Enjoy a one-quarter pound all-beef gourmet hot dog. Choose from a Coney dog, a sauerkraut dog, chili cheese and onion, a mustard dog, or Benchwarmer's popular Chicago-style dog. Try several burger selections, and if it's breakfast you're looking for, Benchwarmer's serves a $5 breakfast all day, every day. With 20 large-screen TVs, make Benchwarmer's your beaver football tailgating headquarters this fall. Come by and warm the bench at Benchwarmer's Bar and Grill, 1895 North 9th Street in Corvallis, where Oregon State fans go on game day. If you need a new roof, see Stutzman and Krupp Contractors, voted by readers of the Albany Democrat Herald as the best roofer in the Valley in 2021 and 2022. Hi, this is Doug Blair. When Stutzman and Krupp did my roof a few years ago, what I really liked is they had a large team of roofers, so they got in and got it done. And did it in just one day. It was great, and there's financing available too. Call or stop by their showroom on Rice Street in Albany. Stutzman and Krupp Contractors, they do it right. CCB 96278 the outside to the left and jogs in touchdown beavers hey beaver fans are you ready to tackle your financial game plan if so it's time to huddle up with the best and meet the coaching staff at tax and wealth management david mendenhall bill heck and robert berry with over 45 years of experience they know the entire playbook when it comes to tax planning retirement and business strategies so don't fumble call tax and wealth management corvallis at 757-4185 or visit taxwealthmanagement.com. Hi, I'm Dennis Silvers, the golf guru, here with another Golf Minute to help have fun at the beach. One of the most difficult shots in golf for both amateurs and pros alike is the long bunker shot, 50 to 75 yards. In order to be successful, you have to keep a few things in mind. First, this shot is nearly impossible to pull off if you try and blast the ball out with your sand wedge. Instead, think about using your 8-iron. 
The key is to open the club face so the club sole will have some bounce when hitting the sand. Set up as you would for a short greenside bunker shot with your stance and body open to the target. Use a control three-quarter swing and hit the sand about an inch behind the ball. The ball should fly in a lower trajectory and roll forward a bit after landing on the green. So remember, when faced with a long bunker shot, leave the sandwich in the bag and use an 8-iron. For the Golf Minute, I'm Dennis Silvers. At Granger, we're for the ones who pay attention to every little detail. The ones who fuss, tinker, and sweat the small stuff. Because you know the tiniest thing can make the biggest difference when it comes to keeping business moving. We get it. We're the same way. Offering access to product experts to help you quickly and easily find what you need. So whatever your industry, you know you're always getting professional-grade products. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. School Back to school is on, and Staples has great prices on everything you need for your best year yet. Save on headphones and laptops. Save on notebooks, pens, and all the essentials. Priced low and still in stock. And right now at Staples, 24-pack Crayola crayons and comp books are only 50 cents each. Plus, select notebooks are just 35 cents each. School on, save on at Staples, where school savings are always in session. Ends 916, in-store only, limit 30. For so very long, it's been... gone, George... Tell how it's gonna be. But in the end, the commission only said... We figured it 17 different ways. And every time we figured it, it was no good. Because no matter how we figured it... But no matter how you figure it out, I still don't get as much as anybody else. Somebody don't like the way we figured it. So now, there's only one way to figure it. And that is every man for himself. When Black Friday comes... This is the end. It's the end. Or is it now? As a new year hits, through it all, Beaver Nation moves ahead with resiliency and hope. Sun's up, mm-hmm. looks okay, the world survives into another day. And the way forward goes through, as it must, the Joe Beaver Show with John Warren and Mike Parker. The number of times I heard these guys' voices over and over and over. Still can't find it. Ah, can't find it? We can help. This here is 1240. 1240. It's always been 1240. My client says it's 1240. Yeah. Plus 93.7 FM and streaming live at KEJOAM.com and on the KEJO app. It's The Joe Beaver Show. Indeed, a bright, bright, sunshiny day with apologies to Johnny Nash. We welcome you into the second hour of the Joe Beaver Show. Sarah Elcano in a busy session with Sarah coming up at 1230 as she answers uh, many a question and takes your uh, comments about the experience in the completed Reeser Stadium. Petros Papadakis, our good friend through the years, will not get to experience it in person. He and Alex Faust will call the games Remotely, in fact, he's got a doubleheader, according to Nick Dashell, which Petros perhaps may be able to confirm. That's a lot of work. Uh, so it's a big day coming up for Petros, who's always kind enough to make time for us here in the Mid Valley in Corvallis. And Petros, I wish we could see you in person and that you could experience the stadium. But you'll get you'll get a feel for it as you call our game Saturday against San Diego State at twelve thirty. How are you today, Petros? I'm great, and don't worry. Yeah, we'll celebrate the hell out of it. <laughs> I. I 
I know what it feels like to be there, but you have uh, you have to hit the nail on the head. Uh, we do have a double header. We got Arizona State as well um, against San Diego State. So two pretty interesting uh, matchups. Uh, excuse me, Fresno yeah. State against. Isn't that funny? It's tough. Fresno State yeah. against Arizona State, right. San Diego State against Oregon State. Uh, those are the two games we have slated. So. And I have double headers. I think the next two weeks after that as well. How common? So you're right. It's a lot of work, but these are teams that I know and, and really like. So it's a labor of love. And uh, when you know the teams year after year after year, especially the West Coast ones, it's a little bit easier. How are you guys? Hey, we're we're doing well. We're just kind of you know we've been, you've been on with us over the years, and we've had conversations about USC and UCLA first departing and so on. And now, I mean, on August fourth. It disintegrated, except down to two. How do you read what's going on with Washington State and Oregon State, Petros? Do you have any optimism that somehow, some way, the Beavs and Cougs could hold it together, end up in a decent place? What are your thoughts about that right now? Yeah, uh, well, you know, there. It, you, as you guys know, I, you know, and I, I hate to be the guy that tells you that the, the city's going to burn down. You know. <laughs> And there's one thing, it's one thing to, to tell everybody the city's going to burn down, and it's another thing to watch it happen, right? And that's what happened, you know, about a month ago. Mm-hmm. We, we just stood there while the whole thing burned down. We know why. We know about the mismanagement. We know basically who's to blame. But uh, many of our own universities are to blame as well because the university presidents didn't have the foresight that a lot of these other places and their university presidents had, and we had a very mismanaged conference. So I guess my answer would be, you know, what is it as far as holding it mm-hmm. together? I mean, you know, there's nothing there to hold together. You know, you've got to find what the other part you said is a decent place to land and make up some of the financial disparities that uh, exists uh, if you're not going to be, you know, in one of these bigger conferences that has a, a big TV deal. The Mountain West doesn't have a bad TV deal, but it's not comparable. And uh, they're about three years away from a better one. So it just doesn't fit. Uh, I think there's a lot of interesting avenues, you know. And what I try to tell people, and isn't it funny that, like, I'm a football analyst that, you know, says, hey, that's a great double team. And all I do now is talk about macroeconomics. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, you know, but, uh, you know, I mean, the one thing is I try to tell people to stop thinking of it as, you know, the Big Ten versus the SEC and really think about it as ESPN versus Fox or Disney versus News Corp. You know, really, uh, there's so much money in the sport and there's so much money putting all the games on TV, you know, hence the remote broadcast that I'm a part of, and I'm, I'm proud to be a part of them. I don't have a problem doing them at all. Uh, but there's so much money to be made. Everybody's got to be on TV. And ESPN looked around, you know, in the late summer and said, you know, we don't have much of a West Coast footprint. You know, we have Arizona, Arizona State, and uh, Utah and, and Colorado that they have to share in the big 12 deal. Uh, and that's why Stanford and Cal got into the ACC because that's an ESPN controlled East coast conference. Uh, 
I mean, maybe there's an independent deal to kind of wait till the dust settles for Oregon State or Washington State. Maybe they get to raid the coffers of the, you know, tens of tens of millions of dollars left over from the Pac-12 and supplement their income until the dust settles. But I think the schools will be okay as far as knowing exactly what's going to happen. You know, this one, uh, these were always the two schools I was worried about, you know, when I knew the conference was going to collapse once SC and UCLA left. And uh, I think I think everybody will find their way. They're two of my favorite programs, but I'm not really sure what that way is yet. It, it, you, uh, I'm happy to know that you'll be safe from a, a haboob this weekend. <laughs> And you won't have to <laughs> worry about sand in your eyes. Do you see, though, that um, other conferences might get scared with this lawsuit about anything else that we're not thinking of that might bring down the House of Cards? Uh, as far as what? Well, like, just you know, anything, once, anything. Once the lawyers get involved, my, you know, my head starts to just spin. Well, a, a, uh, Petros, John was asking you about in light of in light of yesterday's ruling in Whitman County in Pullman and Superior Courts, oh, yeah, Judge yeah. Libby granting the temporary restraining order to prevent George from getting all 12 back together to dissolve the conference and divide the assets fully because Scott Barnes and Pat Shun, President Schultz's and Murphy are saying we are the PAC. We're still the PAC 12 is now the PAC 2, but we we own the assets. We we are the only ones that have should have a seat at the board of governors, not the other ten who've departed. And it, so, so that TRO has been granted. Now, the next few weeks, what John was getting at is discovery, a preliminary injunction, and a period of discovery. And I'm hearing from lawyerly types and actual lawyers themselves, Petro, saying that, eh, there could be some nervous people. I think that's John's point about. Things that could come out in discovery about potential oh. collusion and antitrust, restraint of trade, uh, you know, things that they may not want to come out and there could end up being maybe an invitation directly. Okay, okay, you're in. You'll invite Oregon State and Washington State or you'll settle and make it better for them. I mean, that's what I think Oregon State and Washington State are perhaps oh, so hoping. Oregon State and Washington State might hold the rest of the conference or the rest of the people that used to be in the conference hostage so they can't leave and take their big TV money right. because what they did was dishonest and wrong. Is that my, am I, well, this is all very interesting yeah. to me. I'm not, yeah. I, mean, dishonest, I, I mean, I saw the lawsuit and all that. Right. And I know that they're trying to, I know what they're trying to do. They're trying to get the access to the, all the money and they should have access to all that money. They don't have to fire people if they have to go to the Mountain West. Or something like mm-hmm. that. But is, am I am I accurate in saying that? That's correct, Petros. I mean that, but but I think it's gone further than that. I think the whole the idea, at least, is the storylines have developed, and the people that we had a, a lawyer on yesterday who specializes in contract law, who said that yeah, the assets are one thing. You maybe let's just say, for argument's sake, they're divided by two. That gives you a lifeline of sorts, and that helps you as you wait, as you suggest, Petros, for the next round. But this lawyer and others are writing and intimating that, you know, a, 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 an antitrust lawsuit could be brought in because Washington State and Oregon State have been damaged by the mm-hmm. restraint of trade, uh, by collusion from networks and conference commissioners and so on, to, and leaving behind. That it, it, there could be more to this, according to some lawyers that I visited with, than just trying to get a hold of those assets. 
so so that they will hold up the entire seismic movement. This lawsuit from Oregon and Washington, Oregon State and Washington State, could perhaps hold up the seismic movement of everybody leaving the conference right away. Potentially. Well, either that or make sure that everybody within the conference, all 12 members, get a fair deal. And Oregon State and Washington State certainly have it in being left behind. Well, that's, you know, I mean, the interesting thing I saw yesterday uh, that kind of, that, that totally uh, uh, kind of uh, jives with this, and I, you know, uh, I'm trying to, like, I really, now that the season has started, mm-hmm. I'm trying to avoid a lot of this stuff. I know you guys can't because you're mm-hmm. right in it, but I've tried to avoid a lot of this stuff and even the NIL stuff because, you know, we're playing football and right. you know, that's what we're, you know, involved in all of this for in the first place. So, but uh, I, I understand what you're saying, and I think it's a really interesting uh, prospect uh, as far as just, you know, what's to come, you know, with, with lawyers and all that. Uh, the one thing I really didn't like was that a lot of these schools are apparently were trying to get the, the conference to pay some of their transition fees. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, I mean, the conference, look, the conference, this is happening because our conference was mismanaged. And, you know, we can look at a lot of our university presidents, and that's, you know, I guess the boss of whatever school we're talking about, and that person is to blame for, for letting Larry Scott do what he did. And, and, and look, if, if ESPN offered, mm-hmm. and I have it on pretty good authority they did, mm-hmm. $30 million a school to bail everybody out after yes. SC and UCLA left, and they, if, they, if that really happened, which I'm positive that it did because somebody quite powerful told me that mm-hmm. then George Klyavkov should never be able to speak on anybody's behalf ever again that's almost worse than, I mean that was a lifeboat to save the whole conference yes. and to erase what Larry Scott did and they didn't take it it's just they said no we'd rather just drown here in the Pacific <laughs> and that's uh, you know that makes me furious <laughs> you know uh, even though that would mean I didn't get to call a lot of uh, the schools that I'm used to if they would go over to ESPN. I was just furious hearing mm-hmm. about that. But, uh, yeah, that, you know, a lot of this, there's a lot of pain. But also, you know, Oregon State's one of the better teams in the country right now. <laughs> that's yeah, that's yeah. really something that we could enjoy yeah. and kind of concentrate on. Yeah, but, and let's uh, do it. <laughs> the, the, the lawsuit part of it is very is, is, is very complex and interesting, and I'm just a dumb short yardage tailback. <laughs> perfect, uh, perfect transition. Petros Papadakis joining us here on the Joe Beaver Show. To uh, your, your thoughts on the team, and here's how I preface the question: I think the Beaver Nation has done a really good job, based off of what we've heard and seen from our show, of keeping the expectation down. There isn't anybody screaming natty or anything like that. It's just like, hey, this is a good team. I'm excited for this season based off the 10 wins, the one over Florida and all that. And then coming in, now we've had two teams you're supposed to beat and they did, but they did it in very convincing fashion. So I think Beaver Nation's doing a good job of knowing there might be something there. From your perspective, looking at this team, what do you see? And, um, you know, should there be a, a, should there be a roof on our expectations? Well, I, I mean, yeah, to a certain degree, and I would say that to USC people as well, or Colorado, or UCLA, or, I mean, even Washington has probably looked better than anybody uh, on the West to start the season. Uh, 
because, I mean, once we start playing each other, like always, there's going to be some wild-ass games in this conference <laughs> yeah. in the last year. I mean, Washington State is playing great right now mm-hmm. with a chip on their shoulder. And I think it'll be really interesting to see uh, how it plays out. But, but, yeah, I mean, Oregon State is right in the mix as one of the best teams, one of the most balanced teams. They have a great running back. They have a quarterback who's got something to prove. He's got an enormous upside. I've seen that kid play since he was 15 years old. They have, you know, you guys know the team well. There's playmakers and excitement, you know, all over the field. The only thing they're missing is Jack Coletto. I mean, everything else is, is right there for the taking. And if DJ got, you know, God forbid, you know, if DJ had to come out or something like that, uh, I mean, who's coming in? My God, you know, that's exciting. Yeah. So, you know, there's a lot to be happy about when it comes to the Beavs, you know, and I think the future is bright regardless of, you know, what direction this thing takes. I think they're going to find, I think there's enough public sympathy and backlash about, you know, this, these two teams being left behind that people love and, you know, have embraced and competed with for years, I think that there's enough sentiment there to make sure that nothing, you know, egregious happens to either program or brand. I I really do feel that way, but I'm not smart enough to really understand, you know, what that thing, Mm -hmm. what that positive thing is. But as far as just the team goes, I mean, once Bray took over, the defense took on a different personality and, and they're they're just great to watch, you know. I don't know if Anthony Gould is still banged up, but uh, it should be a lot of fun to watch them play. What is, you know, a pretty. I mean, I would say, you know, uh, they have an identity. San Diego State does, but you know, at the same time, they are, uh, you know, they struggle offensively. They and then they can have an offensive explosion, and then they'll struggle to kind of close the game. You know, their quarterback was playing safety last year. But he can really run, and they can generate a lot of uh, a lot of uh, energy and excitement with the way their defense plays, as you know. So it'll be an interesting uh, battle, I think. Petros Papadakis uh, spending some time with us, and we've enjoyed the conversations through the years. Petros, uh, you're right about it, you understand, and I appreciate you indulging us a little bit and trying to talk about quote unquote our situation, as you suggest. We're in it every day, and we get new information yeah. every day, a new story. So it is, unfortunately, the opening of the stadium, a nationally ranked team, a good team that I think can make a deep run in the conference race and some noise and capable of beating anyone on their schedule in a favorable schedule. It's been difficult, Petros, for us, a little bit like Jets fans last night in a sense. You know, they, they had that worst experience, four snaps yeah. in with Aaron, and yet in the end were exhilarated and giddy over an amazing finish, and yet kind of, you know, coming back to always, uh-oh, but Aaron's out for the rest of the year. Our whole season feels as though it's going to play out, same with Washington State, with this uncertain backdrop, you know? Yeah, and and I just, I, I lament that all the time. Um, obviously, you know, uh, wish it was different, but I certainly understand. Yeah. Hey, so all things considered, I don't know if it, it, I think we may have lost our friend Petros. Hello. Yeah. We're going to cut him loose on that note. Anyway, a good amount of his time. He has his own show coming up. The Petros and money show 
outstanding show. Petros is a tremendous analyst, been a great friend to Beaver Nation through the years, and will continue to be whatever wherever we move in uh, 2024 and seasons beyond. We'll always be in touch with Petros, who's been so good to uh, Corvallis, to Mike Riley, to Oregon State, and we'll continue the conversation throughout the years. Sarah Elcano will be joining us next. Uh, She has some answers, I'm sure, and she'll take questions and thoughts uh, from uh, John's been writing down all of the contributions that have come in and the suggestions and the questions and the comments. So she'll join us next in a session with Sarah. That's coming up. Again, tomorrow, a a day of days, a very interesting day. We took the Joe Beaver show to the Oregon Zoo many years ago. Boy, what grade were the kids in? I'm not sure, but all of our kids were going to the zoo, and we wanted to experience the zoo with them. (laughs) The only way we could was to do the Joe Beaver show from the zoo and then talk to our youngsters as they you know, went through the exhibits and so on. We found a, we did a telephone a, line. A, and a, It was in a back zoo office yeah. that was in the corner of a closet. Yes, and we had was. about a phone booth-sized bit of space to do the show. But it was still fun. Tomorrow, John Spolstra, Dale Scott, Jack Dunn, I think Andy McClowski may be coming by, Greg Crawford, Noho Marchesi, the proprietor at Noho's, and we hope you'll join us uh, tomorrow from 11 to 1 in a special edition, sort of out-of-the-box show at uh, NoHo's Hawaiian Cafe, 4627 Northeast Fremont. Sarah Elcano joining us next on 1240 Joe Radio. For auto glass solutions, better call the glass man. Call 541-760-2277. Call the glass man. Hi, this is Jake the Glass Man. Do you need to repair or replace your windshield? Do you have questions? Stop by or give me a call. For auto glass solutions, better call the glass man. Call 541-760-2277. Call the glass man. Does your financial advisor take the time to really listen to you? Is your financial strategy personalized for you and your family? Will your financial advisor be there as your life and financial situation change? Hi, I'm former Oregon State athlete Tim Ewis, your Corvallis Edward Jones financial advisor. When we work together, we'll focus on what's important to you. We'll use an established process to create a personalized financial strategy backed by the advice, tools, and resources to help you reach your goals. And we'll partner to help your strategy stay on track. Contact me today, 541-758-8245. Edward Jones, member SIPC. Weddings, anniversaries, holiday parties, corporate events, large or small, make them spectacular with Forks and Corks Catering. From delicious bites to signature cocktails, they'll ensure an experience that is a delight for you and your guests. With their fresh cuisine, artful presentation, and polished service, Forks and Corks always creates a spectacular symphony of sensory delight. View their menu and list of venues online. Forks and Corks Catering, events designed to delight. Catering to the Willamette Valley since 2011. Kubota LX Series tractors are the number one rated tractor brand for durability and owner experience in the United States and are the answer to having quality, comfort, and versatility. Kubota LX Series tractors are four-wheel drive and come with easy-to-operate three-range hydrostatic transmission. See Lynn Benton Tractor and Tangent or go to KubotaUSA.com for more information. We're still doing business the American way. 
Are you turning 65 this year or accessing Medicare for the first time? If you are, you need to start thinking about applying for supplemental insurance. Hi, this is Chris Gray. Medicare is great, but Medicare doesn't pay for all your medical bills. You need supplemental insurance, too. If you're not sure what to do, as a local licensed Medicare agent, I can help. We can look at all the different plans and find something that works best for you. Please call me at 541-754-9075. That's 541-754-9075. This is Chris Gray, and I look forward to speaking with you. The fall means it's time for Oregon State football, a new season, and hopefully a bowl game at the end of the year. It's also a good time to look at that home remodeling project. If you need new carpet, countertops, luxury vinyl, or window coverings, see the staff at Corvallis Floor Covering. They've been coaching Beaver fans and helping you get it done for over 30 years. Stop by and see their showroom full of all the popular brands that you know, love, and gotta have. They're on the corner of 2nd and Van Buren downtown, or log on to CorvallisFloorCovering.com. Shop local, shop Corvallis Floor Covering, and go Beavs! Well, it's the weekend. I was just settling in to enjoy a beaver football game when I heard a horrible sound. When are you going to start working on that hardwood floor in the den? We can't use the room until it's done. I would, but I don't have all the equipment. That's no excuse. You can rent a floor sander, a floor nailer, and everything you need at Philomath Rental. And they're open seven days a week, so you can get out there today. Darn you, Philomath Rental. Work smarter, not harder. Philomath Rental. We continue on the Joe Beaver Show. Petros broke up on us a little bit, not breaking up with us. He'll always be in his heart. He's got a lot of beaver in his heart. He loves the beeves and cougs. That comes through every time you talk with him. He'll have the call with he Alex Faust. He called back, said, sorry about that. Got into a rough uh, cell phone zone in Southern California. Apparently they have them there too. But Petros will have the call on FS1, the beavers and cougs on Fox the following week. That's all very interesting. And joining us to talk about the interesting, exciting times at Oregon State, Sarah Elcano, Senior Associate Athletic Director for External Operations in her 13th year. So many things to get to. We've got Sue on the line who will ask a question. Sue, just hang in. We'll get to all of you, we hope, who've sent to texts to ask Sarah questions, and we'll patch calls through as well. But we appreciate Sarah taking time. Before we go uh, down the road and questions from our listeners, Sarah, which you're always so kind and gracious to take and answer the best you can, let's just start first with a congratulations, I think, to you and everybody involved in the opener. It was a grand, glorious experience. I thought I'm hearing a lot of great things. Now you'll get, we'll get into the weeds and get into the nitpicking here and there and maybe some things that, that can be improved or uh, modified going forward. But I just want to say, and I hope this is the overwhelming sentiment you're getting from people, that it was a great experience. The completed research is a big hit. Is that the overarching feel you're getting for the most part? It is. We're getting a ton of positive feedback, which is, which is just great, right? It's twofold. Love to hear that the fans enjoyed it and also reinforces to us internally, okay, we're, we're doing some of the right stuff. We're hitting some of the right buttons pregame and in-game. So, and even some of the, you know, areas of improvement folks have mentioned, they've been so kind and thoughtful in how they've worded it to <laughs> say, you know, this was amazing and just want to make you aware that I know it was the first game and kind of we give you guys a little bit of a pass. You're probably trying to figure it out, but heads up on this. 
Sarah, what were the biggest things that people were maybe gushing about or raving about before we get into some of the other things, too, to try to make it even better? But one of the things that really kind of you felt made a huge hit and impression on the fans as they came through and experienced this for the first time in a game setting? No, I think far and away, number one was the lights because some people knew what was coming. Um, you know, I've had some of my, my, my friends, the Twitter army, as I call them, that had reached out and asked about what was possible with these lights. What are they actually capable of? And so I had teased it a little bit. Um, but I really think until it got dark, you know, we had done some stuff with the lights early in the game. But until it really got dark outside and we, we hit that button after a touchdown and went all orange with the boards and flickered the lights, you could hear an audible gasp from Reeser. And that, I mean, that was a moment. I had chills in that moment just because now you realize, you know, at a night game especially, it, it'll always have an effect, but at a night game especially when it's actually dark, the, the power and energy that those things can bring is just tremendous. And Sarah, did you said you had chills because you could hear the crowd in a game setting for the first time with fans in the stands. I'm sure you had tested these things out and seen how they behaved and operated at night, but it must have been utterly different with a full stadium reacting to it than just seeing it in a dress rehearsal. Absolutely. I, I, everything is different. You try to scenario play all these things, right? When you're going to use the lights, to what songs, to what moments in game, and a lot of this stuff, when you test it, whether it's the boards or the sound, which I'm sure we'll get into, it, it's just different once you get the whole stadium packed, which was an absolutely great turnout, you know, an above-capacity crowd, and, and most of those folks truly showed up when it came to the use of, of ticket um, scans. It was one of the highest percentage of ticket scans to tickets distributed that we've ever seen, I mean, up there with Oregon games. So. Mm-hmm. Um, just phenomenal from that sense. But yeah, you never, or, you know, sometimes you sit there and you think this is cool. This is going to be great. And it kind of falls flat you know, or vice versa. So it was great to, we thought that one would have that reaction, um, but it actually exceeded expectations. Just the audible gasp, not for a play on the field, but for something that you're doing for the fan experience doesn't happen that often. So it was, it was a pretty cool moment for all of us on staff. Last time we had you on, I asked you, I said, do you expect that it'll be a little more crowded on Beaver Street because <laughs> of people who hadn't seen it yet? And it certainly was. Do you think that that will thin out? I, I don't know. I thought it was awesome, even though it was hard to maneuver because of how many people were there. It's still worth it. I mean, it was great. Yes and no. I, you know, I you have to assume there's going to be some folks, right? Not everybody comes to every single game. And so some of the the single game buyers... San Diego State, it might be their first game. So they're still all going to go check it out. And then I think it it really is. Coach Smith said this in his press conference two weeks ago that it reminds him of the research version of banners at Goss. And it's just, it's a spot to, to hang out, you know, grab your stuff, meet up with your friends. And so we're exploring some ideas, um, you know, to make it clear that there's maybe a lane, that this is your. Mm-hmm. It's like I, I drop off kids at school right now in the mornings, and school drop-off is a whole experience. Right. <laughs> drop-off, right? There's the right. line where the car stopped. There's the line with the pass-through. Um, so we're looking at maybe do we do something on the concrete there to indicate this is the moving pass-through mm-hmm. area, mm-hmm. and the other spots stand and watch and hang out or, or get in one of the concession areas. 
Sarah, there are a multitude of questions and comments, and I just wanted to hear you out, and, and there's other things on the overarching experience we could get to, but we have Sue in Portland calling, so let's patch Sue through on the Downward Dog phone line, then we've got a lot of texts and perhaps other calls to get to. Sue, you're on with Sarah Elcano on the Joe Beaver Show. Hey, Sue. Hey. Hi, Sarah. Um, first of all, you know, it was a phenomenal evening. The, the uh, new side is just beyond our dreams. And we're uh, members in the club and um, really enjoyed the uh, both the Cascade and Coastal Clubs. Uh, but there's uh, one uh, thing that we think could maybe be uh, improved a little bit, and that you know, that's you know the big screen in the club area. In uh, that, you know, we try to get there early on and eat and converse and all that, and um, we like to watch early games, uh, the games that come on before our games. And uh, I think that big screen in there. I know that that's used once our game starts to show our game, but I, I think it's being underused because during that couple of hour period where people are up there, you could be showing one of the other, you know, games of interest. We had to walk over to the bar and stand there and watch the end of the Oregon game where if it had been up on the big screen there, I think it, that would have been terrific. So anyway, that's my one and only um, comment. Everything else was just terrific. Thank you, Sue Porman. I hope to see you, Sue, and can come by tomorrow. No host cafe in Northeast Portland, 11 to 1. Anyway, Sarah, what do you got on that for Sue? I was wondering if that Sue was yeah. Sue Porman. <laughs> yes, which, it is. Hello, Sue. I miss <laughs> you. we got to talk X's and O's soon because I love her <laughs> breakdown of the game. Right. Um, but, yes, that was one. We were scrambling, um, as you guys can imagine, especially on the, the tech side of things, last minute on the west side, to get everything up and running. And we focused on getting those big screens up and running to at least cover our games. They're on a different system. And so now we're trying to get it to the point where, like the, like the big screens in the Toyota Club on the other side, where we can switch channels behind the scenes and watch out-of-town out of games, we're trying to make sure we can get that done. I don't want to promise it for this weekend with a quick turnaround, but it is on our list, um, our, our goals. And then we can... We can argue about which out-of-town game we should be <laughs> showcasing. But, yes, we are working on that one. Okay, I'm going to speak for all of the listeners who uh, texted in questions, and I just kind of put them together. Why uh, rapid-fire if we can? There's a lot of them. Why no net to protect the band on uh, kicks? Yeah, if you go back a few years, there was not a net on either side. Um, we, we added that net on the north end, and... The stadium wasn't really built with adding nets in mind. So the cost is extremely high because it's not that the infrastructure is already there and we just need the net and the staff to move it up and down. And it was a little bit easier on the north end. The south end would require a pretty significant project to be able to install two poles, to be able to correctly do that, not obstruct views with those poles. Um, it was a significant price tag. So it's one that, you know, we've evaluated it multiple times as far as cost goes. It's not on any list as far as immediate seasons, but we'll continue to evaluate the costs and, you know, see if it happens down the road. Okay. Where is the Iron Man statue? 
wow, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know, but I will look into it. Um, absolutely. Yeah. For those that don't know, the Iron Man statue was between the west side and the south end zone there, kind of in the corner, mm-hmm. and obviously got taken out for construction. And I will, okay. I will work on locating okay. the Iron Man statue and see what the plans are. I'm not sure if the Iron Man statue is gone or if we're planning to bring it back and put it in some location. So I can look into that. Okay. One. Um, co- this one came up with several texters about lack of coffee or hot chocolate, but certainly coffee this time of year because it's a little bit hot for, for hot chocolate, but people want their caffeine. Uh, any plans to put it in or is there already? Coffee should be available at every general concession stand. So I will, I will follow up and make sure I have a meeting in three hours here. <laughs> um, I'll follow up and make sure that happened. Hot chocolate. I know as the season progresses, they match every coffee location to also have hot chocolate, right. a little bit weather dependent as far as how much of that product they put in every stand, trying to guess how much they're going to sell. Yeah. But I think, um, but uh, let, no, sorry. I was just going to say, I think that people were saying they couldn't find it anywhere. It, it wasn't available. Oh, okay. Then I will definitely yeah. check on that one. We um, all need our coffee. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, lack of porta potties in the parking lot. Are there any specific lots mentioned? The no. only one I have heard um, would have area north, let's see, northwest of campus was the couple lots that have been mentioned so far. But if there's specific lots, that would be helpful. Um, then we can order more to put in those locations. I'll, um, I'll go back and look through and then and maybe text you or whatever on that one. Um, want more scores on the scoreboard? There was never, this person never saw the U of O Texas Tech score on the scoreboard flashes. Okay. Yep. We, so we pick out a town based on conference schools and then ranked opponents. So Oregon should have been in there. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually accounts. saw, I saw, so I saw it across the way from the press box. I saw one of those ribbon scoreboards in the left corner show the Oregon score. If it's any consolation. Um, well, and the reason why they ask is because the, um, and maybe this is a question for you, too. The cell service is really bad in the stadium, so they couldn't use their phone to get on their app for scores. Yeah, cell service is one I'm happy to address. So let's see. It's a lot to unpack. The, if we were to invest in our own Wi-Fi system, entirely Oregon State Athletics putting up something, we're, we're looking at somewhere in the ballpark of 8 to $10 million. And so not something that fiscally right now we're going to pull the trigger on. There are AT&T towers. Um, they were installed about 10 years ago that are located on top of the stadium. And that's, that's an agreement overall. It's a city university conversation. What happens is even if you're not on AT&T, it helps everyone because it lifts those AT&T folks off of the other towers, mm. therefore, you know, giving more bandwidth to the other networks. We, we would like to revisit that conversation. It happened earlier. Um, we didn't get anywhere. COVID timing kind of threw a wrench in it. It would be an AT&T investment, um, but we would be asking them to up their towers to 5G which would lift off then even more AT&T customers, therefore freeing up more bandwidth for other carriers. Are you still bouncing back and forth between the first thing you said, Oregon State's own system, or and or the AT&T one, or would you like the AT&T one? 
we would love AT&T to come through. And, and it, hey, it's a big ask on our part, right? We, we would just be asking them to invest their dollars and put it there. If they did it, it impacts not just Reason on Game Day, right? Yeah. It's a positive impact for AT&T and the city of Corvallis 365 days a year. Um, but that, you know, it's a conversation that'll happen between AT&T and probably the university. So I'm not sure on timing of when that would happen. For us internally, it's just it was really looked at closely as we did, you know, the early stages of the completing research stadium project. But as you're trying to manage that budget and move that project forward, it was one item that it was such a high price tag, it just didn't make the cut to be included in the overall scope of that project. Now the big question and the big issue that a lot of everybody's um, asking about is running out of hot dogs and hamburgers and, and many concessions. Did something go wrong or people just wondering about that? You know, I think we, we knew, we obviously knew that we were at a capacity crowd. Um, so we, that's going to be the main talking point with our concession folks of, yes, there were things that, that we didn't know would happen in certain areas, but we did know this volume of people was, was likely to show up. And like I said, it was a very high scan rate, um, but there were some stands. It was hot dogs. Pizza ran out at some point. The protein at the taco stand ran out a couple times. Um, so there were some of those. And those are things that we're hopeful. That's easy to fix. We just need to make more food <laughs> and have it ready to mm-hmm. go um, earlier in the game. Because it, we had a lot of positive feedback about the quality of the food, especially yeah. on Beaver Street. This is great. I just don't want to stand in line for this long, which we completely understand, very much agree. And so hoping we can talk with those folks, get more food prepared, better kitchen system behind the scenes than anything. I mean, there was no kitchen on the West side previously. So obviously having a kitchen is an improvement. So just prepping more food and making sure that we don't, we don't run out, especially early in the game. But that's something you tell someone else, get this right. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I can, I can out him. Um, No, you don't have to out anybody. No, no, Kimmy no. and I, Kimmy is deputy athletic director, and Kimmy and I both meet with our concession vendors um, year-round, but especially during football season, we're meeting multiple times a week, but sometimes even multiple times a day to talk about this. And we go through the, the post-game fan survey, which had a tremendous amount of res- record-breaking responses mm. um, this week. So we go through all of that and peel out for each unit here's the positives you got, here's the negatives, areas of improvement, and we go through those methodically, be it concessions, facilities, parking, marketing. We go through the whole list. Got it. Sarah Alcano joining us on the Joe Beaver Show. Sarah, can you hold, if we take a, we have like a minute and a half yeah. of business to take care of, which I know you can appreciate, Then we've got a lot of a lot of other questions and uh, texts. Do you have the time for a quick break or, or not? Of course. Okay, thank you. Sarah Elkan, I'm glad you said yes. Senior Associate Athletic Director for External Operations. If you have any questions for Sarah directly, you want to use the phone line, 497-5356. Questions and or comments, 497-5356. Thanks for joining us. Sarah, back in 90 seconds on 1240 Joe Radio. Free guac? Not just any guacamole. Qdoba's guac is made fresh every day with avocados from Mexico and grown with love. Free queso? Not just any queso, but Qdoba's mouth-watering three-cheese queso. Qdoba doesn't shy away from guac and queso. Add guac and queso to any entree free all day, every day. 
Qdoba Mexican Eats, making the world a flavorful place without charging extra. Hi, everybody. This is Mike Parker. We recently had the need to replace some major appliances, and I'm delighted to report that we called Brandon and his team at Kellenberger Appliance in Lebanon. We couldn't be happier with our experience. They answered all of our questions, put us in the best deal, and promptly delivered and installed a new washer and dryer. When you are in need of an appliance, I strongly encourage you to call Kellenberger Appliance. Visit Kellenbergers.com or stop by Kellenberger Appliance at 21 North Main Street in Lebanon. A big thank you from the Parkers to Kellenberger Appliance. Summer's coming to an end. School's back in session. And you're thinking, should I? Should I buy a new auto at Power Honda off the Sandy M exit in Albany? Well, with their new Honda Accord and CRV hybrids, HRVs, Ridgeline trucks, pilots, and with over a thousand pre owned vehicles at mypowerhonda.com to choose from, Power Honda in Albany thinks the answer is absolutely, positively, a resounding yes. We continue on the Joe Beaver Show with Sarah Elcano, Senior Associate Athletic Director for External Operations. I have a quick question for Sarah. John, you have clarification on the uh, porta potty issue? Bloss Hall, is that a parking lot that makes sense? Yep, absolutely. Okay, that's the one. So, what kind of crowd, by the way? How are tickets moving for San Diego State and maybe even the single-game sales going on? Do you like what you're seeing? How is it trending, Sarah? Yeah, going great. These are, you know, everywhere I turn seems to be record-breaking numbers as far as tickets go right now, which is incredible by Beaver Nation. So we, you know, still still a good chunk of tickets to move for San Diego State, but right on par with where we were last week at this point for UC Davis. So, you know, if, if Beaver Nation keeps doing what they did for last week, this week, then we should be hopefully looking at another capacity crowd. Great idea on Mammoth Market. I did not know that. I hadn't been through on any tours officially. So a lot of people are liking it for the sake of the the stadium and what was discovered there however many years ago, the Woolly Mammoth Tusks Mammoth Market. Whose idea was that, and how how did that work out? Every great and clever idea belongs to Keith Warner, who is an assistant AD branding graphic design on our team here. And Keith is an unbelievable talent, and he is an alum. Um, he, He just, he gets it who we are and what we're about inside and out. And so he, he was really the brains behind a lot of the graphics. I mean, almost everything that you see throughout the whole stadium and on the West side. And he, he's very, I mean, he's just, he's so talented. He's very good with puns and clever names. And so everything from old chomper to mammoth market, the beaver dam signage that got added along the walkway there behind the student section, that, that was, Keith's idea. So the sky's the limit with Keith. It's nice. just if I if I green light everything or not. Right. I think painting those cement walls for the first time, I thought it was going to happen years ago, was great. It really changes the look from gray to black with signage and all that. That was That's a great idea. Um, it had a really positive impact in venue, and it also looks really good on TV. Yeah. And so it, uh, an eventual goal would be paint paint every concrete wall yeah. black inside the stadium, some with branding and, and some without. But just, you know, as you get almost every seat slowly transitioning to black, it really pulls the stadium together. Yeah, I agree. Um, where can people find 
preferred shirt color. In other words, if it's on a ticket that might say, wear white for this game or wear, wear black, that kind of thing. Is that something you guys do? It is. The only one we have declared a color game this season is Utah, and we're encouraging orange for that game. Otherwise, what, what we have discovered is a lot of the fans, and specifically the student section, they self-organize based on when the team announces what, what they're wearing that week, which mm. usually, I guess, behind the scenes, the team, the captains, are usually responsible for selecting the uniform combo every week and that gets announced i want to say tuesdays or wednesdays and so what we learned is the students start matching what the team is going to wear and so we put a color on the ticket way early you know months ahead of the season when we would need to do that we sometimes don't know what the captains are going to pick and then we might contradict what Mm -hmm. the team ends up wearing and therefore the entire student section ends up wearing so that's the you know maybe as we're talking about this we could get more proactive in saying Here's what the team's wearing. We're encouraging you to match. Yeah. We want to go orange in that Utah game. Right. On Twitter, like, or maybe let everybody know which which Twitter site puts it out there. Does the football team's Twitter site say what they chose? It is the football account. Yeah. Okay. Oh, well, that's good. Then go to go to Twitter or X on the football account, um, and you'll find out. Okay. Um, emptying clear bags. Someone wrote in to say, despite the fact the bags were clear, they still had to empty the whole thing and show show everything that was in the bag. Is that something new? Yeah, it shouldn't be. It shouldn't be the case unless that bag is completely stuffed and you absolutely can't see inside, you know, anything. And then it's a, then it's a safety concern of why we're we're asking. You know, if there's blankets and jackets, we might say pull them out and shake them. If, if it's just a few items in there, it might be, hey, can you rotate your bag so we can see all sides and, and then move forward. So it, as we get into colder weather here eventually if there are a lot of blankets and jackets and people i think experience this at golf sometimes it's easier to just walk up to the gate carrying the jacket and blankets you know put it in the bag walk to the gate hold them up and be ready to say these are just blankets and jackets and then you're going to get through faster that makes total sense okay the big one the big one and i i tried to answer for you yesterday based off of your tweet i hope i got it right (laughs) the sound system what happened yeah, and it, my tweet didn't, you know, you only have so many characters on Twitter, so I can get a little bit more in-depth here. The sound system was not included in the original scope of the completing Racer Stadium project, and then, which, which was years ago. As the project got going and we experienced last season with the temporary sound system, and, you know, we started doing some testing behind the scenes on the old system, we realized this it's it's far beyond its lifespan the old system and and we've been knowing that and aware but it has really run its course um so what we did was luckily thanks to those who managed that project the folks on campus and internally in athletics they were able to you know make some strategic budget choices throughout that project and then you have contingency dollars included in every capital project and so between some really careful, thoughtful budget management overall and then contingency dollars, we were able to add the new sound system, but so late in the process that it hasn't arrived yet. So still figuring out exact timing on hoping to have that up and running sometime this season. Don't want to say which game yet. We have an idea internally, um, but if we miss it, I don't want to put it out mm-hmm. there. So targeting hopefully some point this season 
and that that'll be a game changer, right? I don't think I need to sell it. It'll be a new sound system. Um, think of what you've seen with the lights and the video boards and assume that sound will be on that level. In the interim, that temporary system is located where we believe right now is the only possibility without having to kill some seats. Mm-hmm. Um, so if we put it in the south end zone or some other location, we would be killing seat inventory. And thanks to aggressive demand, we don't want to have to do that. So it's where it's at right now. It's one of those items, like I was mentioning earlier with the lights. You test it a lot. We have great folks who, who work on this, and we're working with an outside company as well. So you test it a lot leading up to game day. But the way especially sound waves react and move in an empty stadium mm-hmm. versus a stadium with 35,000-plus fans is very different. So on the fly, they were trying to adjust. You know, I was hearing from different sections and letting them know this section is saying too loud, this one's too low, this yeah. can hear PA, this can't hear music. Um, I, I, you know, I think as long as we have this temporary system, we're going to err on the side of caution going forward, knowing that those waves aren't equally distributed. It's not that it is nearly the same system it was last season, but positioned very differently. And so what we don't want to do is overwhelm the folks seated closest to the system uh, at, you know, we don't want to, at their expense, make it louder so that the folks at the other end can hear every single word on high volume. So we're trying to find that conservative mm-hmm. sweet spot and acknowledge keeping it at a safe level for those seated closest to it. Got it. There are more questions. We won't get to them today, maybe next week on a session with Sarah. But one final question. If you know anything, I know the answer to this, and, and, and basically, but, but it's kind of funny. The whole referee saying don't play the chainsaw when the other team is about to snap the ball. I think that was because they were in a hurry-up offense, and the timing was just bad one time. It's not a real thing, is it? it yeah, that was a warning. Um, you can imagine my my heart plummeted when yeah. I thought we were getting a penalty mm-hmm. and I was going to have to talk to our coaching staff post-game. But not a penalty. It was a warning. We're, we thought and are continuing to seek some clarification on the exact timing of is it when they break the huddle or was it, is it when they're over center over the ball as far as when we need to stop it. When you hit the button for the chainsaw, it plays twice. So you have to do it early enough that mm-hmm. that second one is going to go off before when the rule book states. But it was a warning, so we're not going to overreact, right? We're, gonna, we're not going to be conservative with the chainsaw. We're going to be cautiously aggressive with the chainsaw. Sarah, uh, we don't have time to dive into all of this, but uh, we had a caller early in the show say from an ADA standpoint that that, that an experience was different this year, not as good, that it was difficult, uh, at least in this one person where in terms of where a bus dropped them off and there wasn't uh, a cart to take them, uh, not enough carts available for, for uh, persons with disabilities. Do you have, have you heard anything about that particular issue? No, that's the first I've heard of that one. And that is one I'll definitely want to follow up on. Um, I, You know, there is a certain quantity of those carts that shuttle to and mm-hmm. from the shuttles. And I wonder, just based on the volume of fans at the game, if the arrival time might have been closer to peak time. And so those carts were just slower getting back and forth. The drop-off, um, the drop-off point, according to this caller, was different. And this caller said they filed a complaint. So... 
with the you know ADA. I mean, you may be seeing that on the record. I'm just giving you a warning. What was said on the air here earlier yeah. that you that may be something to follow through on because the fan loves the Beavers. Season ticket holder just said he thinks we need to make the experience you know better of for um, you know people with disabilities in terms of getting to and fro in and out of the stadium and so on. But another caller said no, you know he had a good experience in that respect. So. But it's something that okay. it may it may cross your plate here uh, as you look into it, Sarah. We have, yeah, no, gl- yeah. glad they filed because we yeah. can't follow up if we don't know. And I we did really quick, Mike. We did have to adjust shuttle drop off because visiting teams is different entrance, so okay. it changed everything as far as pregame maps. So we will look into that. One. We'll we'll talk to you. I hope in uh, the Jack and Ginny Wilborn media room next Monday. There's some other issues we didn't get to today, which we will. But all in all, congratulations, Sarah. We look forward to seeing you again Saturday, bright and early at Reeser at 1230 kick. Thanks for taking time for us. Of course. Go be. That wraps up the show. Tomorrow, No Hose Hawaiian Cafe, 4627 Northeast Fremont on 1240 Joe Radio. KEJO Corvallis. And translator, K229DI Corvallis. The home of the Beavers. 1240 Joe Radio.